All Talking Church. I am so excited to be with my friend Cade Thompson today, and I'm bummed that he's not here with me in person, but he's out on tour, and I said, we have to make it happen. Talk about your new album, but Cade, for those who maybe don't know you very well, give them a little bit of who you are, where you live, and uh, just what you're, what, what's exciting going on, and then we'll talk about the album, talk about the tour, talk about your music and everything, but just excited for you to be with us on Talking Church today. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, so my name is Cade Thompson. I was born in Joplin, Missouri, and I moved to Sioux Falls, South Dakota when I was nine years old. So just a state away from Minnesota. So Come shout on. out to all the Minnesota people. Uh, so, so thankful to be raised in South Dakota. And then when I was 18 years old, I moved down here to Nashville, Tennessee, which is where I'm currently at. Technically Franklin, Tennessee, if we want to be specific. I moved down here. I got an apartment in Faith. Right after I graduated high school, a couple months later, ended up signing a record deal with Red Street Records. It was started by Jada Marcus from Rascal Flats. And it's been an amazing journey since. I've been with them for four years. I put out two albums with them. And I really have a heartbeat to reach this next generation through the power of music. Uh, Jesus got a hold of my life at a very young age, and that's what led me to start writing songs. So, man, it's an honor to be with you on this podcast and uh, to chat with you today, Logan. Yeah, that's awesome. And you, you you brushed by a few things like it was no big deal, but right <laughs> as you turn 18, you moved to Nashville. And were you already doing music? Is that what led you out to Nashville? Or was it just kind of, it just so happened? Like, how, how did how did music, I mean, you don't just get a record deal. It's not like all of a sudden you just walked into a place and you knocked on the door and you said, oh, hey, I'm Cade, sign me. There, there was a lot that went into that. Talk about moving out there and how did you actually get the deal? Were you already writing music at the time or or what was the the beginning of that journey? Yeah, I think it's interesting because I think a lot of people think of their favorite artists and it was just an overnight thing that it happened. And I can tell you that's not the case for me. I started singing when I was five years old. I had a preschool teacher that would hear me singing in the classroom that told my parents, hey, this kid can already sing some harmonies. You might want to put them in some lessons. And so put me in some piano lessons. I started playing piano, eventually started playing acoustic guitar. Fast forward to middle school, I had another teacher, common theme here. She also heard me singing in class, and she was also one of my youth leaders at church. And my mom, she was in ministry growing up, so I was that church kid. I was always at the church. And she said, hey, Kate, how about you stop singing in my classroom and start singing at the church? So I did. And I fell in love with serving the Lord through the power of music at a very young age. And fast forward to when I was 14 years old, I had an amazing opportunity to go to a songwriting camp down in Dallas, Texas. I had no idea what I was doing. I was very young. I was just trying to stay obedient once again. And God opened up so many doors through that camp. I met some people in Nashville, reached out to them, said, hey, what do you think of these songs? They like the songs. They said, come to town. Let's see what you got. When I was 16 years old, I made my first trip here to Nashville, Tennessee. And it's crazy because I'm still working with that producer today. He's the same producer that helped me get a record deal right as I moved down there. And the rest is history from there. Wow. I'm sure there's people that are wondering what, what does a record deal look like? And obviously, you know, there's specifics that it's like, Hey, that's our deal together. But, but what does that relationship look like? You know, maybe, maybe there's people listening that'll get record deals as well, but I know for me, I probably won't. And so talk to <laughs> us, what is, what does that process look like to sign with somebody and do they, do they own you now? Or, I mean, and then you're in yeah. Christian music. So it's like, talk about some of that. Yeah. Well, such a great question. Um, I'm so thankful for the team at Red Street. Uh, they've really believed in me since day one. And I think it was important for me when I signed a record deal 
um, that my vision for my music and ministry align with the, uh, a label and the right partner. And uh, I'm so thankful uh, for Red Street for so many reasons, but I really believe that they really have a passion to do things differently and to reach the next generation in a different way through the power of Christian music, which is why I'm doing what I'm doing. And so, yeah, they, they uh, help push out my music and send it to radio stations and distribute it and give me opportunities and connections. So it's been an amazing journey. And like I said, I just put out my second album with them. So it's pretty wild. Yeah, that's crazy. I, I've listened to it and uh, I I met you a little over a year ago in Nashville and yep. it was like this after party and event we were at. And I remember just, man, you're awesome. That's great. I'm excited for you. And then I got in the car, I think a couple weeks later and I hear your song on the radio. I'm like, what? This is the kid that I just met. And from there, I've just heard your songs all over the radio on all the playlists I listen to. And in a lot of ways, it's like your music's getting out there. What has that done for you to you have this dream since you're five years old, you're following the, the passion in music, but now you're starting to hear your songs on the radio. You're starting to tour around with other artists that you've looked up to. Uh, how have you seen yourself change even over these past couple of years? And what are some areas that you've had to grow in and say, okay, I'm, I've actually, you know, made it now. And again, not, not mm. to, to pat yourself on the back, but your dreams mm. are starting to come true. Has that affected you and who you are? Yeah, you know, it's super interesting. I went on my first tour when I was 16 years old, and I vividly remember getting on stage that night and thinking to myself, what if I forget every single lyric that I'm about to sing on stage? What if this is just an epic flop? And it's those moments that really shaped who I am today because I was just thrown into the fire at a very young age. And alongside that came a lot of different struggles, being being in an industry so young that is not really uh, a common thing, honestly. And so I had to really understand what it meant to separate my identity from what I'm doing for Christ and who I am in Christ. And I remember very vividly in 2020, my first radio single provider was releasing into the world. It was February. Things were going great. It was climbing up the charts and this thing called COVID hit, <laughs> hit all of us and uh, everything stopped, man. I went back home for three months and that was probably one of the hardest things in my life because I had to really understand that, like I was just sharing that my identity is not found in what I can do for Christ, but who I am as a son in Christ. That's what shaped me. And it's been cool for me to see over the past four years, to see the growth in my heart. I think those were so many key moments for me, but I, I, love, to, I love to have control. I think as humans, all of us love to have control. And God has been teaching me what it means to give him back control of things that are the desires of my heart that he's put in my heart for life. But the moment that I try and hold on to things is the moment that I try and be God. And I'm reminded that I truly am not. And I have to give back this gift to him every single day. And a verse, man, that really just speaks to me is Proverbs 16, 9. And it says that the heart of a man can plan his ways, but the Lord establishes his steps. And we can plan and do all these things and it's right. great. But we have to, at the end of the day, understand that he is the one that is establishing our steps. And, and that's what I've been learning. That's so good. Is there anyone that you've been able to meet or record with that even you're you're going, that's kind of crazy. Like this is somebody that I've, I didn't think I'd ever meet or I didn't think I'd ever sing with, or I didn't ever think I'd write with, um, that you're going, this is crazy. They're my friend now. I mean, I feel that way with you a little yeah. bit, but. Oh man. Well, thank you. It's been so special. I grew up listening to Christian music, grew up listening to Christian radio 
And over the past few years, I, I can say I've, I've been able to tour or play shows with some of my favorite artists that I've looked up to since I was a young kid. Toby Mack, Matthew West, Phil Wickham, For King Country, um, 10th Avenue North. It's just been amazing. So I'm, I'm currently on the road right now with Jason Gray and Mike Donahue from 10th Avenue North. And every night uh, we're, we're playing these songs in like a writer's round thing. That's very something similar that we do here in Nashville a lot. And it's really special because we're playing on each other's songs and I'm getting to play and sing alongside these artists that I grew up listening to. So it's been really special for me. That's amazing. Um, what are things that you've learned being on the road that maybe surprised you about touring again? It's, it's, Oh, I'm going to tour. I'm going to be on the road, but you're traveling and you're going from city to city all across the country. Uh, what has stuck mm -hmm. out to you? I would say finding rhythms on the road has been really important for me. Um, it's funny, the road has become a very refreshing place for me in my life. A lot of times when I'm at home, uh, life is life is kind of crazy, busy. I've got a lot of meetings, a lot of things are happening, but there's something that happens so special on the road when I'm able to have a little bit more margin in my day. And for example, this past weekend I was in Arizona and I had a lot of down moments to just let the Lord speak to me and give me fresh ideas. And I think as a creative person, being on the road and meeting people and seeing people's faces is what brings me so much joy in life and what inspires me to keep writing songs. And for example, in 2020, I played three shows all year and that was a really hard year for me because I was not able to see physically the impact of how the messages of the songs that I'm writing are impacting people. And my identity had to truly become only rooted in Christ. And so I think it's always that balance for me, but I love traveling. I love meeting new people. I love coffee shops. Shout out to all the coffee people out there. And uh, it's, it's one of my favorite things to do is to travel. That's awesome. How have you maintained friendships on the road? Is, is it something where you just really have grown with your band and the people you're traveling with? Or have you tried to stay connected with people uh, just through digitally, Instagram, stuff like that? Yeah, it's funny because every tour is a little bit different. Sometimes there's tours where I've got a whole crew of people out with me. For example, this tour that I'm on right now is just me. I don't have anyone else on my team with me. And it's just me and the other artists and the tour manager. And so I have to be really intentional to reach out to people the second that I go on the road, because the road can honestly be a really lonely spot if I'm not intentional about reaching out to people. So something that I've started doing is just texting my buddies when I'm going on the road and every day just making sure that I can say, hey, how are you doing? And they'll check up on me and that accountability on the road is really important to me. Um, so, yeah, it's always finding that balance but it makes it really, really sweet. And a lot of my friends I've met on social media or through different platforms, which is really, really cool. Never would have guessed that we'd be saying that, you know, when you're eight years old and your parents tell you to never talk to strangers. But <laughs> that's, uh, it's pretty cool, man. Yeah, the world has changed for sure. Let's talk about uh, Empty Room, your new album. And what what inspired it? What is the the story? And maybe what are some songs on there that you could share a little bit of the, the story behind the songs of putting this out there? Because it just came out uh, is end of April. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. That's right. So it's brand new. Brand new. Yeah. This album, Empty Room, oh, it's, it's, uh, it's really close to my heart, man. I remember in 2021, I just put out my first album called Bigger Story. And a month later, my grandparents messaged me and they said, hey, we're moving and uh, we've got this piano. And I said, the piano that I like grew up playing on. And they're like, yeah. And I said, 
are you going to give it away? Or, you know, I, I take that. And they said, all right, we're going to drive it to you. So I got this piano. It's actually the wow. same piano that's right here behind me. If you're watching this on video, you'll be able to see it. And it's a 50 year old plus piano in the family. This is the piano that I learned how to play piano on when I was a kid. Awesome. And if you're into music, you know how special instruments are when they're aged and when they have just had some life inside of them. And I got this piano in my room and something hit in that moment, in that fall of 2021, I just began to write these songs, a lot of them on this piano for my new album called Empty Room. At that point in time, I didn't know that the album was going to be called that. I was just trying to write songs that were really touching my heart first. And as I, I was reflecting on my life, you know, in my middle school years, like I said earlier, those are some really key formative years for me because it was those moments in my empty room in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, where it was just me on a guitar, me on a piano, worshiping the Lord, trying to write songs that would tell my peers about Jesus, honestly. That's what first inspired me to write songs. You know, I had this hope inside of me, but I didn't know quite how to express it other than how to write songs and lead people to Jesus through the power of music. And still to this day, I keep coming back to that empty room, this room that I'm in right here in Franklin, Tennessee, that charges me up to go out on the road. And so I was like, wait, that's a great idea. And I think a lot of people... I think a lot of people today ask me, how do you stay grounded in today's world? How do you keep following Jesus when life is distracting, when we have social media and all these things and sometimes good things, right? Uh, for me, it's going back to the secret place. It's going back to the empty room. And in Matthew chapter six, verse six, it talks about when you pray, go pray in your prayer closet, right? It says be hidden, right? And, and that is where God will speak to you. And so that's what led to this album, Empty Room, and the message that was really strongly on my heart. That's so good. I think it's it's what we all want to see, but I've, I've talked about this before, how um, I've always observed that the best preachers, and again, I'm not the first one to say this, it's just an observation I've had, but the best preachers are the ones who are in the Word the most, and the best worshipers are the ones who are in the prayer closet the most. Mm. And I think that it you can, you can tell a difference between someone in worship and from the pulpit to when it's oozing out of their soul versus mm. when it's a oh yeah this is this is a good message or this is a good song versus something that connects with your heart you know when you watch uh like the singing shows american idol or the voice like i need to feel it more i need to do that but then all of a sudden you can you hear a song and you oh my goodness i felt the story of that i felt the pain of that or what season i'm walking through that that scripture that i'm praying over myself or singing over myself um, right that's that's the difference right between people who take you somewhere and people who just put on a performance that's right that's right i think that's been the biggest takeaway for me man is just staying rooted in the secret place and it's truly what happens in the secret place will overflow on stage just like you said right when you think about the music industry in general and now you're i mean you're you you talk about it's like hey i'm getting older i mean are you 22 or how old are you I'm 22. <laughs> 22. So it's Ooh, like you're, getting you're, up there. You're, yeah, man, man. You're, I'm, I'm 26, and you're. I, I'm way older than you. Um, all those listening are like shaking their heads in their car right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm sorry to all me? the 50 year olds right now. <laughs> they have the wisdom that we don't yet. That's right. That's um, right. But what what have you seen, even in Gen Z, younger? Uh, I mean culturally there's been a lot of shifts even just in worship music and christianity as you travel around as you're meeting people as you're writing with new artists as you're one yourself what are new trends that you're seeing in music for people that are 
you know, a part of Gen Z and this upcoming, you know, people who are in middle school and high school, they, they think differently than maybe people of old. They're not buying CDs anymore. They're streaming it. It's a totally new world. And so you have to be connected in a lot of different ways with social media and with online engagement. Talk a little bit about the differences you see, or maybe even on the road, as you've been talking to these other artists who are a little bit older than you about the differences in music today. Yeah, it's super interesting for me because I, I grew up in the streaming era. I mean, my first really thing that I ever had to consume music was an iPod <laughs> in middle school. And there was iTunes on the iPod. That's really all I've ever known. I, I can't remember going to the store and buying a hard copy CD. You know, I remember having those when I was a little bit younger, like five and six. My parents had those, which is kind of crazy to say. So I'm dating uh, well, I'm not dating myself. I'm dating other people who are listening yeah. to this that are older. But uh, this is really all I've ever known. So it's been really interesting to step out as an artist. And a lot of a lot of things happen nowadays because of social media, which is where I met a lot of my closest friends. And a lot of people hear and consume songs because they hear a song and a, and a video on social media or, you know, they can Shazam it as they hear it on the radio, right? This things we never had. 20 years ago. So it's really interesting. But I think to take your question a step further, I think I think Gen Z is looking for realness. I think Gen Z is looking to stand up for something and they don't even know what they want to stand up for, but they want to stand up for something bigger than themselves. And I think if Gen Z can understand the power of the gospel and let that sink in, I think we'll see continue to see radical transformation in this nation, which is so encouraging to me. But what I love about what I get to do as an artist is I get to talk about the gospel and I get to share the music and they both come together and I've seen them truly change and transform lives. And um, that's the power. That's the power of what um, music can do to lead people back to him. And that's what I that's what I lean into. Yeah, that's so good. In terms of writing songs, what are some motivations for you? You talk about the empty room. You talk about this piano but do you, you know, I, I, whenever we talk to music artists on this, I always love hearing their process about how do they write a song? Does it usually come from a scripture verse that jumps out at you? Or is it an emotional thing that you're going through that you're trying to write through? Or maybe it's all of the above, but talk a little bit about your process mm. in which how you write. Yeah, I think every song is a little bit different for me, but if a song doesn't have a story or a main point behind it, it's really hard for me to let it sink in. And for me, I wrote, I write all my songs and I, uh, I want it to feel real and genuine and authentic out of a real spot in my heart. And so what I love the most about traveling and touring is hearing people's stories, hearing those stories and seeing those stories come to life is what inspires me to keep writing songs. And for the longest time, I'll be honest with you, I, I didn't even know if I had a story because I was raised in the church and I never had a story of falling away and, and, and falling into all these things. But I saw at a young age that God saved me from those things and he set my feet on a different path. And that doesn't mean that I didn't have struggles. That doesn't mean that I've never made mistakes because I am I have messed up so many times and I'm in need of Jesus. But it's this understanding that all of us have a separate story and have a unique story. And seeing that fold out through music is one of the most special things. And so for me, if I don't have a North Star or a main idea, it's really hard for me to, to start writing. But um, that's the practical side of things. And uh, a lot of times I'll just start on this piano right here behind me. I'll get ideas. I'll, I'll 
do a voice memo on my phone and and share it with some other riders and, and take it into a bigger riding room and see what happens. Yeah, that's it's cool to hear because everyone who's creative has a different process and everyone doesn't always come to, I mean, the, the, the answer is not, it's not math, right? It's not two plus two equals four. And there's multiple ways to get there, but there's also multiple answers when it comes to creative work. And so it's, it's not a, there's not a, I mean, there's a goal in mind to say we want a song and we want to create an album, but the goal is really hard to know when you've reached it. Can you talk about how you know when something is ready? And and this is more just in creative work as general in general, not just songwriting, mm -hmm. but as an artist, as someone who's creative, it's very difficult to say, I'm ready to show this to the rest of the world because I got to tweak that melody or I have to tweak that word or I just don't feel right about something. But I'm sure with a label, hey, you got to get this turned in. You got to get it ready. Talk about how you've helped yourself to move past the moments of this creative work just isn't quite ready yet. Hmm. Yeah. Honestly, kind of an ultimate test for me is if I can play the song for a friend in, in, in my car and I feel like, oh yeah, this is, this is, this is there. That's kind of how I know it's kind of interesting, but a lot of times you can feel really excited about a song and the second you play it for somebody else, you can, you can kind of tell, Ooh, maybe this isn't it, you know? Uh, so that's kind of an ultimate test for me, but I think, it's really easy to get in our heads as creatives. And um, that's why I love working with some amazing producers because they have, they have the, uh, the capabilities of saying, okay, yeah, I think this is done or mm, I think we need to keep pressing in. So uh, it's kind of a tango, honestly, bouncing that with the, uh, the label and the team. And for example, one of the songs on my new album called empty room, the song uh, look around, this is 11th song on the album. We rewrote it seven times. Seven wow. times, dude. And I, at one point in time, the song was not going to be released. It was not going to get cut, as they call it. And I said, guys, this has got to be on the album. I think this is one of the most important songs to me on this album. And sure enough, we cut it and it's it's become a favorite. So it's really, really cool to see um, just the process of diving in and not settling. But at the same time, having people that keep you accountable and say, look, this is good. So what are some of the things that those producers pull out and even say to you in those moments that that keep you pressing forward? Because obviously you as the writer, it's your name on it, but they're a key part in this story. Are there moments of, no, they, they challenge me, they push me, they encourage me, or I'm thinking for other people who are maybe surrounding creatives who maybe they're not the person themselves that's creating the art, but they're the one on the other side of it. What would be your encouragement to them on how you can work together as a team? Yeah, I think one of the biggest ways that I was being pushed um, at a young age was when I was tracking vocals in the studio. I had a couple of producers that would just push me and push me and push me and push me. And, uh, it was, it was, um, maybe not always the, the best things to hear, but it encouraged me and pushed me to be better. And I think at that young age, when I was 17, 18 years old, I remember very vividly recording the song provider and I was working with producer and he was just pushing me to, to dive in and to, to work on certain things and emotions. And that was not easy but it pushed me to be better. And so I think never settling has been a really big thing for me working with producers and understanding how to capture emotion when I'm tracking vocals, because vocals are so important. Those are the words, those are the, the lyrics that people are connecting with. 
And that's something that I really focus a lot on when I'm in the studio. You talked about the playing the song in front of a friend in with a guitar and in the car and you hear their reaction and maybe their face starts to you know look confused or maybe they're either super excited and they're jamming out with you. But some of that, that, that first moment of I'm willing to let people look into what I've been working on, the, what you're battling with is an insecurity. And I was actually talking with my wife about this last night, just this overwhelming sense of insecurity and inadequacy <laughs> that I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I deal with this all the time and I try to be as vulnerable as I can about it, but thinking people think I'm stupid people, even on, on a podcast or it's uh, in a meeting or just whatever it is, it's, man, I'm sure that people are just judging me hardcore now. But then I think too, and, and what we were talking about is, well, I don't do that to other people, but for whatever reason, I just assume that everyone thinks that about me as your songs have gone mm. out. You, have, you know, I think last time I checked, it was like a half a million monthly listeners on Spotify, millions of people on mm. the radio listening. Have you dealt with that insecurity? The, I know everyone's listening to my songs and I know the record label is happy, but I just, I'm struggling with this insecurity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Uh, I go through that all the time. I think, you know, with this new album specifically, I, I remember the first few songs we put out on this album is very nerve wracking because we released the songs, six songs before the album is released. And then when the album dropped, everyone got the rest of the six songs. And so every release, uh, every song was a little bit different. And I knew that. And so it was really interesting to see, OK, what's the responses going to be? But I, I've heard it said before, you know, if um, if you live by people's acceptance and approval, then uh, it's just basically that's just it's just not the way to live <laughs> and so i've had to understand i've had to understand that in my life and know that at the end of the day if the message moves my heart first then i think it'll move the hearts of other people as well and comparison is is just it's it's eating at us it's eating at us through social media and i have to always check myself and check my heart yeah yeah it's a great reminder and you know there's so many different ways to put it, but reminder that we're not serving other people, right? We're serving the Lord through our work. Um, we're not trying yeah. to become famous. We're trying to make his name famous. And in the Christian music industry, you'd hope that that be, be the case. And I'm sure as you've seen that there's, uh, there's battles with that every day, but it's that, I mean, there's so many amazing examples of artists who've gone through who are just so authentic in the way that they create um, music and point people to people to Jesus. Um, are there people that jump out to you that you'd say, these are influences for me, you mentioned a few earlier, but these are people right now in today's music scene that they inspire me as I get to watch their, their concerts or listen to their records. Yeah. Um, there's so many great artists, uh, right now that are just doing some amazing things. I would say uh, just being out with Mike Donahue from 10th Avenue North has been really special this past week. Uh, him and Jason Gray, I've learned so much from them. And I always try to, to learn as much as I can when I'm on the road and, and always new opportunities. Uh, Phil Wickham is just such a great guy. He's, he's been such a – just a, a guy who's had a long career, who's just seeked after the Lord's heart above it all, which is really inspiring. Um, so those guys are really, really key to me. but. Something that I, uh, as you were sharing earlier, that really came up to my mind that I've had to understand is 
success in the kingdom of God truly looks like moving the heart of God, you know? And at the end of the day, everything will fade away. The monthly listeners, all that stuff will fade away. But um, moving the heart of God is what is going to last, right? And um, I think that's something that has been a vision on my heart when I first started music is to, to stay in that spot, which really inspired me to, to, to be in this empty room, which hopefully inspires listeners who are listening right now to, to have that heartbeat and that devotion on their heart today. Well, I've, I've loved this conversation before we wrap up. Um, I mean, you, you said it so well there, but I'd love for you to share even just what you're excited about right now in, in with this launch of Empty Room, with this this tour, uh, ways that people can get involved into what you're doing. And I'm, I'm sure it's, hey, wherever you listen to music, you can go be a part of it. But if you could share just kind of your, hey, here's what is the state of what's going on in music right now in my life. And then maybe, just maybe, if you say, hey, here's a little teaser of what's next, even though the album just came out, I know it's brand new, but <laughs> just give us a little bit more of what we can expect expect from you because you're 22 years old. I believe that we are going to be hearing from you for decades and decades to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just want Thanks, people man. to know you and say, Hey, I knew about him early on before he was even bigger than he is right now. Thanks, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've got this new album. It's called empty room. It's out wherever you listen to music and you can, you can check it out, share it, all that fun stuff. But I'm, I really just hope and pray that when people hear this music that they can go find their spot and their time with God again in the secret place. And it's going to be awkward at first. <laughs> Anytime you, you, you go and, and, and try to do something you haven't done in a long time, it's awkward, right? But my encouragement to anyone who's listening is don't go to God in the secret place to get something from God. Go to be with God to be with God. I think it's easy in our fast food, instant gratification culture. We want something on the spot, right? But when you understand that it's a walking in relationship with Jesus, he wants to spend time with you. And when you love somebody, you're not just wanting something from them. You want to be with them. And so that would be my encouragement to anyone who's listening today. But as far as my career and my music, I'm so excited. We're working on some special versions of these new songs on this album uh, maybe some live versions we're, we're going to be maybe putting out in the future. I'm writing again. Well, I will be writing again for my new album and uh, playing a lot of shows. I have so many shows the rest of the year going out on a fall tour that's not announced yet, but it will be announced very soon. And I am very, very excited just to see what God continues to do through the power of music. I'm also working on a lot of extra content, devotional content, maybe some podcast stuff anyways the full thing so very excited and super honored man to chat with you today logan really thankful for you and all you're doing there at river valley so it's amazing well i've i've loved it and i'll be in nashville this fall hopefully it's when you're in town and we can hang out but uh thanks for sharing a little bit of the behind the curtain with us uh encouraging us in your music again the sky's the limit for you we're cheering you on we're praying for you that god would just continue to elevate your platform as you make his name known and you're just an example to all of us in the church who are mm. uh, doing this together that you your message and your voice uh, influencing so many people. We love seeing the next generation on fire, worshiping Jesus. And so keep it up, man. And until next time, uh, excited for your new album. For everyone listening, go check it out, listen to it. And if not, you're probably already hearing them on the radio today. So, <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks for chatting with you. Talk next time. Yeah.